0: What is good, everybody, man? Welcome back into the Blue Bloods, man. We are joined today by my guy, Wu Governor, Northern Iowa defensive back, second team all-conference selection last year, was a Blue Bloods first team all-NVFC selection last year and is a preseason Blue Bloods, FCS All-American selection. And going back to high school was the Focus Magazine Player of the Year, man, and was listed as one of the top 100 players by the Tampa Bay Toms back in high school. Man, we appreciate you hopping on the show, man. Man, thank you for having me, sir. So we got to get into that high school recruiting process. I just mentioned you were listed a top 100 player in the region, the Player of the Year by Focus Magazine. Looking back now with some hindsight, what was your overall recruiting process like coming out of high school? Um, Now, hindsight? Recruiting was a major blessing.
1: Um, for a while, I rushed my recruiting because, like, my freshman year, I came out in my first high school game, scored four touchdowns, ended the game, broke my leg, missed the rest of my freshman year. Then sophomore year, I transferred um, to my neighborhood school, and my mom ended up moving back to where we were just at. And so I kind of I transferred too late, got caught in the loop, got deemed ineligible uh, for my transfer, late departure. Uh my sophomore year so my junior year was the first time I got to play for real since my uh sophomore year, and then once one offer came, a bunch came in but recruiting recruiting was major. I enjoyed every moment of it um
0: and that was something I had always dreamed of leaving lead, leading into that moment. You decide to sign with Central Michigan, man. So I got to ask, what was it about Central Michigan, man, for you being a guy from <laughs> from the South, man, playing in Plant City, Florida, right. to go all the way up to Central Michigan, man? What was their recruiting pitch to you, and what what did you buy into with them? So <laughs> that's a lot of people to ask me that to this
1: day. So the biggest thing, the biggest factor for me um, going into my recruiting process um, I knew that there was only one school or two schools in the country that could make me instantly commit and forego the rest of my recruiting. At the time, it was UCF and UCLA. Uh, Those two schools were like, if I get the offer, I'm talking to the staff. If they pull the trigger, I'm committing, done deal. However, uh, Coach Bonamigo reached out to me one day, um, and they came to my spring game. They offered me, then uh, after I get the offer, like 9 at night, I get a text like, the uh, market's governor. What's up, man? Give me a call. So I call and it's the defensive backs coach, Coach Corey Hall. Um, and then just from the first conversation, man, me and Coach Hall probably talked on the phone every single day. And it was it was always bigger than football with him. Um, coach Hall put guys like Sean Murphy button in the league. He went second round, third corner overall. Xavier Crawford, um, Taryn Johnson. He put a ton of guys in the league and like how he conducted himself and the standard he held me to before I even enrolled at the university. It just made me like, this is what I need. Uh, this is what I know I would need to get to the league type. So it's more so, I know they say it's a major don't, never. It's a big no-no in recruiting, but I, I went hands down because of the coaches. Um, And crazy things played out. As soon as I early enrolled, Coach Bonamigo is no longer there. It's Coach Jim McElwain. Coach Hall leads to go to the Rams. We get a new DB coach and welcome to college. So that kind of was my college moment. It was like, whoa. So everybody that wanted me is no longer here. Like, I'm a
0: stranger. So, yes, yeah, sir. That's got to be one of the weirdest experiences, man. I know it's so – I think there's a lot of people who, if you've never went through the process or haven't been hands-on covering recruiting man, you don't understand making that decision at 17, 18 years old, man. Things change so quickly, and to hear that, right. I can just imagine. But you do play one season at Central Michigan. You play in all 11 games that season. How were yes, you sir. able to carve a path so early as a true freshman and find your way to the field?
1: Oh, man – uh, God and humility. My my biggest thing was I was early enrolling and I early I came in with a purpose in my mind. Like you said, you read off the accolades and me coming from where I come from and my little circle at the time. It's it's all or nothing. So if you're gonna do it, you're gonna do it. Um, and I just was so determined. Like I I just had I just had so much fire and hunger. I was the guy with end up hurting myself because I'm doing too much extra work. Uh, so it's like coach, uh, coach presented the opportunity. My first first uh, first two games of the season, I believe we ended up playing 14 games that season because we had the MAC championship and a bowl game. But the first two games of the season, I was a red shirt. I wasn't traveling. I was with the rest of my class. And during those two weeks, I hated life. I thought I was a failure. I thought it wasn't good enough. Uh, some, you know, football season, a long season. So some injuries came up uh, week three, we're playing Akron coach calls me in the office. He's like, Hey, we're going to reward you. Like you bust your butt. You're a hustle guy. Um, So I got my first start on special teams running down on kickoff against Akron. After that, more opportunities led to another end up getting some defensive snaps. Wasn't major, wasn't critical downs or anything. But as a freshman, I was just happy as I could be. I'm in the rotation as a freshman. It's uh, like, I'm traveling. It was the little things for me, you know? So, um, Yeah, that's pretty much that was pretty much my freshman year. It was just a good role player. Um, Enjoyed being a part of the
0: team. Enjoyed making an impact when I had the opportunity to. And, you know, you kind of already got into the idea of, you know, what probably led to your transfer in terms of you not having a relationship with a lot of people on the staff. But when you entered the transfer portal, how different was that experience and what was it about Northern Iowa that caught your eye?
1: Okay, so. What made the portal interesting to me was it got to a point where I was like, okay, I'm doing, I'm doing everything within my control. I'm, I'm feel like I'm doing everything right that I can't control. I'm going about situations the right way. Then at some point I just talked to my dad and it was like, at some point you got to understand that it's a business. Like you got to take you out of it, take the emotion out of it. And once again, like you said, I early enrolled. So I'm probably 18, 19 years old at this time. I'm still a kid. Um, and for me, it was more so like I had so much fear of failing that it made the, hitting the portal less scary. But that was the strongest. That was the hardest. One of the hardest things I've ever had to do was enter the portal when no one around that campus, no one in my hip pocket, no one around me believed in me at the time. You get what I'm saying? So it's like I'm really betting on myself and I don't know how this is going to play out. So then fast forward in recruiting. Um, the first offer I got actually was from Rutgers. Um, Coach Mezos, uh, I'm not sure if he's there now, but he was an uh, offensive analyst when I hit the portal there. Uh, I guess he was brand new. But in high school, we went to a um, UCF team camp, and I just dominated the camp. And I asked because I was like, dang, Coach, y'all not going to offer me? And just built a little relationship with him, cracked a few jokes with him. So once I hit the portal, he felt like it was his second shot at me. So they offered me. Um, and at first, it was like, oh, yeah, let's go. I'm going to Rutgers. I'm going up, this and that and the third. Then I went to doing my homework and seeing they had 19 DBs on the staff, so it was just like even with me going and if I go and blow this opportunity out the water, one against 19, like the odds still may not be in my favor. So um, then you and I comes about Coach Brookins and Coach Jeremiah Johnson, the defense coordinator and the corners coach. They follow me, um, DM me, hit me up. Then I get a call from my mother. She's hey. I just got off the phone with Coach Mark Farley and Jeremiah Johnson from Northern Iowa. They're super excited about you. They wanna get you. And at first I thought she was joking, like, how are you gonna tell me about the school? Like I was so caught off guard. Man, and it just for me, like family's everything to me. So that's really how you and I separated themselves from everyone. USF, LA Tech, uh Arkansas State, uh, Missouri State. You and I, you and I hit home. They knew if they went to mom, it was gonna and then plus um another thing, this I hit the portal when COVID was starting to kind of wrap up originally the Mac and Big Ten canceled their seasons, but then they ended up coming on to do a delayed six game season. Well, I was already in the portal at this time. So you and I was like, I talked to the coach and I was like, listen, man, we already got it confirmed. It's hundred percent to go. We're going to have a spring season starting in February. February 4th is the first game. And for me, it checked the boxes. It's like, shoot, why not? Let's do it. So yes, sir. It's kind of how that happened.
0: I I love how you mentioned that because um, you know, I we we had uh former indie head coach Jason Brown from Last Chance, you won the show, man. That's my guy. And he was like, listen, he was like, if you want to recruit a guy and you haven't talked to their parents, you're not really recruiting them. Right. He was like, he was like, You got to talk to the family. He was like, Man, I got young staffers who are like, Man, coach, I slid into this player's DMs. He goes, Did you talk to their mom? Then you you're not recruiting yet. Right. You didn't do anything. Yes, sir. So I love that you told that story, but man, you you appear in two games in the spring, played all ten in the fall, 2021. But 2022 was really your (laughs) breakout season, man. You know that was when you first reached out to me. Me and you have been in communication over the year, and you were like, "Listen, man, put me on the radar. I'm coming." And I think it was I think it was the two interception performance two touchdowns off those off that interception one mvfc defensive player of the week was an fcs player of the week talk to me about that game man. when you got that first pick six and you then you saw that second one coming man talk to me just about that game for you so going into that week like i tell you uh
1: i'm a great i'm a huge on team like to me my you can't tell me my me and my teammates aren't family right so going into that week uh our coach is known for his strategy and how he approaches situations, right? So coming into that week, they had a receiver. Um, no disrespect to him, but I can't remember his name. Uh, he was a receiver at Western Illinois, a big guy. He was a new transfer. I think he transferred from St. Francis or something like that. And all week long, all my coach kept talking about great coverage, but once again, here's another guy he's taking up top. He just does what he wants. You know what's coming, but he's still going to catch it. He's this, he's that, he's that, he's this, he's that. So I, I already had a little chip on my shoulder. Right. And then um, that week was another just consistent week of preparation for me. And my biggest thing is preparation breeds confidence. Right. So I was super, super prepared, knew what they were going to do. Um, it gets to the third quarter and they come out in a flush formation. So some people know it as twins. Some people know it as dice this is just an even two by two formation. I'm to the boundary. We're in a, a cover two. So I get my reroute. Um, They run a mesh concept. My wheel linebacker drives it, jumps up high points and makes a play on the ball. He doesn't catch it, tips up in the air. Um, I rally to the ball, catch the ball. And then from then on, my teammates set up some great blocks. And then the rest was history. Um, on the second one, however, it's the exact same way I caught my first pick of the season. They came out in a trade formation. So it's a three by one detached formation. I'm at corner. We're playing um a form of thirds. So I'm hitting my divider. Divider means basically I'm midpointing between number one and number three. Uh, ideally, your post, your free safety, your post player is supposed to take the number three. Um, but the chemistry we had and the amount of what the amount of opportunities we had to kind of free flow and feed off each other. Um, I was able to get to the post and actually pick off a seam, a seam route. And once I caught that, it just <laughs> the rest was history. But.
0: It definitely was a humbling moment. I got to give all the glory to God, hands down. Yes, sir. You guys had a loaded secondary, man. I I had Uh, my guy Benny Sapp on the show, man, before last season. That's my dude. He's doing big things at the next level. Yes, I'm. I'm. I'm I'm happy for him. But I think that's not a surprise to either one of us at at all that he's doing that. For you though, playing in that secondary, coming in, seeing all the talent develop, man. Just talk a little bit about the chemistry in that defensive back room. Oh, so the chemistry in the defensive back room is
1: easy. Uh, so, you're talking about Sap. me and Sap transferred to you and I together, and we lived together for two and a half years up until he just left for the draft. Yeah. And we're football junkies, like junkies. Like, it gets to times where our coach has to tell us to leave the office, like, go home, like, get out of here. Like, you guys had enough. Um, and then you get on guys like Edwin Deerman, Javon Brecky, Corby Sander, and Stephen Black. Our secondary, we we hung out with each other and spent the days with each other. Constantly, so our chemistry is through the roof. We we're best of friends, and now we're we're gonna replenish our secondary. Um, we got some exciting things happening, some transitions and stuff. But me and Edwin live together now, so it's just we we have the blueprint of how it works and how to be elusive, how to build chemistry,
0: um, and how to win, how to make plays. I don't think there's enough really time spent talking about how Northern Iowa is one of the better fcs to nfl pipelines in the country i mean that they turn out guys Prepare. i mean whether it's trevor penny whether it's benny yourself coming up i mean the list goes on and on even over the past decade for you just behind the scenes what is what makes northern albert different in terms of player development
1: the coaching hands down um one U and I is a unique place. It's a special place. Um, I've, as you, as we know, uh, coming out of high school, I did have a lot of offers, so I did have a lot of opportunities to visit various campuses, see how they were structured, have a lot of teammates and guys I grew up with that play all over the country and see how it's structured. U and I is the only place that is like itself. There is no other place like you and I in the country. What I mean by that is, everyone here is humble. Everyone here is blue collar. You get some guys who we don't, there's only one person on our team with NIL. You get what I'm saying? There, There's a lot of things that go on at other schools that we don't get here. We really, like, we get it out the mud. Like, we're hard work, hard nose, head down, work, right? And then when it translates to the film room and stalling and et cetera, anything around the game of football, coming to the state of Iowa, I really learned, like, I always had high IQ and football knowledge, but coming here, coach Jeremiah Johnson, coach Mark Farley, Keelan Brookings, DJ Volk. Oh man. Like it's, it's phenomenal. Like they teach the game in ways that can be understood. And that's the thing in FBS that I feel is kind of a problem. Some places and it, it's a misfortune for a lot of kids is you go to places and day one, they just expect you to know all great coaches. Aren't the best teachers here at I our coaches pride themselves on being teachers. They can say something so complex in one of the most simplest forms. Like I'm not, to be honest, if I'm horrible in geometry, greater than algebra, if if coach JJ was to teach me geometry, I'd probably pass with an a plus. Like they just <laughs> relates
0: everything so easy. I love that example, man. I think that really speaks to doing your research because, I mean, talking to you, talking to Benny, talking to some of the other guys around the FCS that really did their research and went to places where they could be developed, there's a lot of guys who are just looking for that D1 status where I've said it, I won't say any names, but I don't think going from a Northern Iowa to, no offense, a New Mexico State is an upgrade. Just, oh, just me personally. not. I just think there's too many guys that fall into that trap, man, where I see all the Americans at the FCS level go and play for just random programs. It's like, man, be a star where you are. And I think doing your research, knowing, man, I, I love that message. But shifting to some personal things, man, before we shift to some more football topics, man. I was reading a story, man, doing research for this, just this interview, and I came across a story about your best friend, man, Grover Wills, and just his passing in high school and how much it impacted you. And I wanted to really bring that up here and talk to to you about how that still impacts you and how you live your life, man, today. So that's
1: something that is still day-to-day. That's something that is... We all have our path. We all have our trials and tribulations. We all have something that drives. We all have something that sits with us. We're no one in the history of mankind wakes up and has a perfect day or a great day every day. Right. Or a great moment all day long. Um, it's definitely a huge motivation. Um, you, It's it's something that's kind of hard to talk on, speak on, um, but it, it's a it's done gotten to the point now. So that happened that took place April 15th, 2018. Um, I got that call at ten thirty three PM. Um and it's just something that just picks and chooses when it pops up, you know. It's something that is dense it's dense subject matter, right? Um, but it, it was a hard time, man. It it, it, was, it was really hard. Uh but I'm a man of faith and I understand that everything happens for a reason. Um and I know I know he's still with me. Um here yeah, I talked to his mother so much his his family his brothers like he was my family you get what i'm saying and uh it it was kind of it was so hard at one point that when it first happened uh guys like the media had no no respect like um i was obviously i was a recruit so the local news and local sources kept trying to come and ask me and talk to me i didn't want to I, I don't have respectfully i have nothing to say you get what i'm saying like how dare you like um so it's something I don't very too much talk about but yes sir man it's a very unfortunate situation and long live Grover
0: Hey man I I definitely appreciate you man opening up and talking about that and I think that goes back to just the media doing their due diligence and you know not trying to be first on a story and being respectful in terms of all their reporting, man. So I, I definitely appreciate that, But Then your parents too, man, you talked a little bit about earlier about how they're your rock and your foundation for everything you do, man. Talk a little bit about your relationship with them and how they've helped you to get where you are today.
1: So first and foremost, got to go, got to go with the mom, right? Cause I came out of her, but yeah. my mother, my mother's is the one who signed me up for football. Um, hands down one to play football one to play football my dad played football my big cousins played football my brothers played football everyone around me right so when it was my time I just couldn't wait for it to be my turn my dad however he was more so we're gonna see if you want to for real for real like yeah you're saying that but we gonna we're gonna wait for you to show us you want to my mom was more so like like you know what I'm saying so my mom made it happen for me. my mom got me into football and from there like it just was amazing. But my mother sacrificed so much. I mean, it's been so many nights where she, like, we had one rational food and we both ate. Or she just always made a way. Like, my mother's a phenomenal, incredibly strong woman. have the utmost respect for her. And I just, I got a text from her and my dad not too long ago, a couple weeks ago, just telling them they were proud of me. And it's just like, I worked so hard my whole life just to hear that. And so, like, now to get to the point and to look at myself and be able to look at myself now and be like, I'm not where I want to be yet. And they're already proud of me. I kinda of told her, like, no cocky, but just wait. Like it gets better. I promise. Um, so my mother, my mother is the definition of sacrifice, man. Um, and she's so strong. She she you can't she can't be she she can never waver. Like nothing can discourage her. Like she's so she's such a strong and powerful woman. My father, my father's my go to, man. My dad's like my brother, my best friend. Etc. Like it's nothing we don't talk about. And he also played football. He played football college. He played professionally. So um, as far as the mental, that's why I say IQ wise, I've always I've always been kind of a, uh, ahead of the game because this is this is something I've always loved. And it's something that me and him will spend hours upon hours. Just when I would, put it like this, when I would get in trouble, when I was younger, like elementary, middle school, I, we we were going to work out. So it was kind of different. And for a reward, we would wake up early in the morning and go work out. So it's kind of it's just the life I
0: chose, you know. Uh, man, I love I, I love that. You were like, man, no matter what, man, listen, we were just going and we were, we were going to work out, and regardless of what, whatever it was, man. I, I, Really, that's why I love your knowledge of the game, and I, that's why I'm excited about this question. It's one of my favorite questions to ask most players is, when you look at your game, I want you to go back to true freshman year and compare your game to what it is now. What's the single biggest on-field development that you've seen in your game? Patience.
1: Um, I remember I was just having this conversation the other day. When I first got to Central and I'm on the field in practice, I remember having the big eyes. Like I remember literally thinking, like, okay, um, this is my job. I got to do it like this. this. Ball plays over. Dang. You know what I'm saying? And now just to get to the point where – I'll line up and you can ask my teammates. Hey, watch the flood concept? Hey, third and eight, sit at the sticks. Like, just now you get to the point where not only do you know your assignment, you know everyone else, what they're doing around you. But now you can play fast enough and you've prepared more than enough and you have enough experience to recognize formations, understand situations. You can just slow down and play faster. It's kind of crazy how when you slow down, you move faster. When you slow your head down, you move faster. If you're out there thinking about a whole bunch of different things or trying to remind yourself or trying to – it doesn't go good. So i just say um, experience, patience, and maturity. I know you asked for one word or one thing, but really, low three.
0: No, I, I think that was a perfect answer. I think anyone who played the game, regardless if it was high school, collegiate, NFL, and there's levels to it for sure, but everyone remembers that first moment where the game slowed down for that first time. Where it was like you were – like whether it's like freshman year of high school, you're panicking, you get to your senior year of high school, you're getting recruited. It's like, man, the game is so different. It's like playing in slow motion. you're right. Everyone's on, on 0.5 speed, man. But shifting to the end of the interview, man, some quick hitters for you. When you look at your game, is there a former or current NFL player that you feel like your game models the most?
1: Definitely Time Matthew. Um,
0: Ty Matthew, I'd say
1: time Matthew – Buda Baker um Marcus Peters Tredavious White um so I'll work backwards Tredavious White he's a he's a super technician he you can tell he's a film junkie as well but he never gets caught out of his technique if he just get if he gets beat he just gets beat. That comes with the job. It's going to happen. But he's rarely never in a bad position. He always puts himself in position to win. So for that aspect, I say Tredavious White. He's real poised, cool, calm, and collected. I've seen uh, times where he would give up a play, and his composure, like, he'll laugh about it. Like, it doesn't phase him. That's the type of mental, and that's just what comes with being a DB. That's, that's how you can tell who's a true DB, how they handle adversity. Uh, next, I say Marcus Peters. Marcus Peters is super cerebral. Like, I know to the media he may be this, and, man, you got to understand that this is the business. Marcus Peters, I think since 2016, he still leads the league with the most interceptions since, most pick-sixes since. And, yes, some people may say, oh, he gets beat a lot this and that, but you got to understand the risk-reward, calculated risk. A lot of the plays he makes is is pure film study, Um, and you just have to know the game to know. Uh, Buddha Baker, very physical for a small guy. Well, small guy, right? Um, and high motor, like it doesn't matter where he's at on the field. It doesn't matter if he has to shed three blocks. It doesn't matter if a guy breaks a 40 yard run, he runs, he's going to get to the ball. He he's instinctive. He just plays, he goes. So in that aspect, I say Buda Baker and overall, definitely time. Matthew, when you look at, uh, my build, my game, my mental, my IQ, the things that show up, it's been plays like we all know time Matthew. you can put him at corner. He can go back and catch the punt. He can go back and kick return. He's a field general. He's like having a coach on the field. He's not afraid of contact. He's violent. He flies around. If it's plays where he gets put on his butt, but he's still like throwing his whole everything into it. He's trying to leave it all on the field. And so a mix between those guys for sure, but definitely time Matthew Buda, Baker. I see myself uh I see myself displaying that more this year with the move and the changing position.
0: I'm so glad I'm hearing more DVs put respect on Buddha Baker, man. I think we went a whole year doing interviews. No one mentioned him, and you're like the second or third guy that's mentioned him, and I don't think he gets enough credit because I think he played, yes, he plays safety at, at a point, but I think you could put him anywhere in the defensive back. Anywhere. He can, anywhere. Boundary, he can play boundary. He could play slot. Field, you can put him at safety. Man. It doesn't matter. And a lot of things, too. A lot of guys
1: like Buddha Baker, Tyron, Matthew, a lot of people don't pay attention to it, but to go in the NFL and go from scheme to scheme around different teams and still be productive and still be in the league and have the longevity, whew, that's amazing because to to one coach, you may be looking for this. You go to New England, you're looking at more of a quarters man defense, straight pure robber defense, right? Uh a lot of cover ones, a lot of fire zones. You go to Seattle, it's a it's a cover three team. Right? So it's just so many things around the league and to see these guys Marshawn Lent, I mean, not Marshawn, Lynch, Marshawn, uh, Marcus Lattimore Peters. Or, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, Marshawn Marcus Lattimore Peters. is a dog too. But Marcus Peters, to go from the Chiefs to LA to Baltimore, still been productive. Tyron Matthew, everywhere he's been, Texans, Cardinals, Saints, production. Uh, the list goes on like all those guys. So I feel like if you're a DB, you're a DB. There's no position you can't play.
0: Man, I, I love that. And looking at your game, man, because listen, I'll be honest, wide receivers throw y'all straight under the bus on this show all the time, but how uh, much trash do you talk in between those white lines on game day, man? What? <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh, it's it's got kind of different. Like, in practice,
1: I'm super cool, calm, collected, just chilling, genuine, quiet person. Game day? <sighs> game day, I don't shut up. I come out talking. I'm talking all day long. I'm telling the quarterback, throw it at me, shut me up. I'm talking to the receiver. I'm petty. I, I may just nudge you after the play just to see you like get you thinking about something else. Like I ain't gonna lie, they hate playing against me. <laughs> You're gonna hate playing, but I'm not a dirty player. But I am gonna talk. I'm
0: gonna talk my stuff for sure. Oh man, my side hurts on that one. He said I'm petty. <laughs> this just no, I'm petty, and I love it because we had uh we had Justin Ford, Mont- the Montana corner okay. cornerback, on the show, Mr. and he Nine-Fix. said he was like, "Listen," he said he told me he was like, "If you have a DB on here." Who says they don't talk trash? He was like, they're probably not great. He was like, to be a great DB, you gotta talk trash. He was like, we got the hardest job on the field.
1: Right. And that's so what. I, and that's what I preach. That's what I preach to my young guys. And the purpose of it is this: because a lot of guys are gonna go loud mouth DBs, this and, that and the third. Okay, cool, whatever. This this is what it is. It's more so. It's not that I'm talking to give myself confidence. I'm talking. To get you out of your game. I'm talking to let you know that I know you don't work harder than me. I'm talking to let you know that I know this isn't gonna go how you want it to. And it gets to a point, all right, and I have film, I can show you film. Receivers come up to the line and don't want to run routes. They come to the line and don't want to get touched. They try and play the quiet game, then you start putting hands on them. And now they throwing hissy fits, they're running the wrong routes, they're false starting you got to have supreme confidence in yourself because, like uh, Justin Ford told you, that was absolutely right. DB is the hardest position to play in football, especially corner. You're going backwards while they're running full speed at you. You have 53 and a third yards wide to cover. You have 120 yards deep to cover. And a lot of times it's just you, that guy in the football. So it's definitely athletically the hardest position to play um safety that's when you get in safety's really safeties and mics in my opinion I put, the only reason I put safeties over mics in the defense is because not only do you have to have the same brain but you got to be far more athletic than the linebacker so for that reason I say like Xavier McKinney I know he runs the defense and calls the defense in New York Safeties, safeties are the quarterbacks of the defense and there's a lot of quarterbacks personally that I'm seeing that came out on a lot of lists ranked on a lot of lists that aren't big fans of me so we can go tip for tat, like anyway, any form <laughs> of fashion.
0: Oh man, I, I love, I just love the confidence, but I love the message shifting towards just your game, one on one, man. You receiver, man on man coverage, just one on one. You guys on the outside. What's the number one mistake a wide receiver can make against you? Speed releasing, or
1: trying to do all the dance and the cute Instagram stuff and leaving his chest open. If I get hands on, it's over with. Your best bet. Is to get from point A to point B and hope I trip or something. I don't know, but I like me nine out of nine.
0: He said, oh, you better hope I trip." Uh, don't don't let me don't let me run with you, but I love it when you look at your game. When you look at just throughout your career, man, you can pick one or two guys who are some of who are one or two of the best offensive players you've ever had to face at the collegiate level. At the collegiate level, okay,
1: um. Jonathan Taylor, my freshman year, Wisconsin. Yes, he had a great O-line, but it was just like – it was. everything was so easy for him. Like, it didn't matter if he got – I see this man get stopped dead in his tracks three yards behind the line of scrimmage and taken for 18 yards, positive gain, breaking through four or five tackles. Like, Jonathan Taylor's up there. Um, and I'm not going to lie, I have more than two. Tucker Craft, <laughs> tight end from SDSU, he got my respect. Uh, yeah, he – he was able to stretch our he was able to stretch us out a little bit like he he has the prototypical size but he has the prototypical game like he he can really move like the stories you hear about guys like Gronkowski how they're like man this big guy actually can move like Tucker Craft moves real good so he has my respect um Tyrone Scott my old teammate from Central Michigan came to Missouri State Ty Scott is yeah he's elite Ty Scott's elite and then I uh, no disrespect to him for the second receiver um. Uh, Buddy from Indiana State, he wore number eight last year. He's a he's a, he was a receiver. He was a senior. He he's a baller. I seen him on film tear up. Uh, was it? Oh man, I remember watching it last year. It was some uh, Purdue. He gave Purdue a field. He had a field day against Purdue. He gave them a run for their money. But yeah, he he was a he was a great receiver as well.
0: I, now I wonder- the, Everybody pretty much blend in. I'm trying to, I try to remember. Like, I want to say I know who you're talking about. Okay, uh, Hendricks. That's what it was. I yep. wanted to say his last name was Hendricks, but I didn't want to be wrong. So they, they had a few guys, but yeah, no, that, yeah, he was, he was good. And I think I like what you said about Tucker Craft because I think I knew he was like that before that game. But they went and played Montana State at this in the semifinals this year, and he ran like a, like a post route or a go route, and I'm talking about just smoked their all right. conference safety. Oh, I mean, yeah. I was like. Oh, like is he really that athletic? Because their safety so, was legit. You can see if you go back and watch uh,
1: when we play number one SDSU in the dome. There was two plays where they kept dinking it, like they kept attacking the the field. So I'm to the boundary. Um, we're in cover three towards the end of the season. Me and Sap weren't getting at, anytime. We're in the cover three. Quarterbacks weren't coming to the field. Like right? it was, we were forcing their hand. Like if you throw it over here, it's not worth it. So they come out. And he kind of blocks down Tucker Craft. He kind of blocks down. He's on the boundary side. They're in a the balance set. We call it Detroit here. It's just a 12-person set. And he just runs up the seam. I kid you not. The ball comes out fast. He catches it right down the hash. You can see me and Benny Sapp both sprinting. like We really had to sell out to go catch this man from the other side of the field. Like He, he can move. He's no slouch.
0: Yeah. Man. And I think just that type of tight end fits so well in that offensive scheme over at South Dakota State because we um, I got a show with Coach Fred, who's the wide receivers coach down at Allcorn State. And we did a film breakdown of the national championship. And I was like, this playbook is so simple. Man, and it's just like you don't know what you to gotta do with beat, it. You got to stop. It. Yeah. That's crazy, man. But right. no, we'll, we'll definitely have to get you back on the show, man, and do some film breakdowns. So because me and you, I could talk X's and O's with you all day, man. But shifting to the NFL draft, man, you are going to be one of the top FCS prospects coming out this next year, especially a defensive back. When you look at your journey overall, man, when what would it mean to you going through everything you have to hear your name called in the NFL draft? Oh, man,
1: that it... – I can't even describe it. it. It'll be a beyond a dream come true. The biggest blessing, like, I started playing football when I was five. I'm 22, getting ready to be 23. So I've been playing this game for 17 years. Uh, my mom's loves to tell the story on how I was probably four or five years old. I told her I was going to go play college. I was going to go to the NFL. I was, I was going to get a degree. And it's just like i sacrificed so much of my life. Like, it was so many events and social aspects I missed out on because I willingly wanted to go work out or I was just prioritizing I'm at a camp or something. That that moment, oh man, I pray, I pray it's in God's plan for me. That moment would be surreal. It would be amazing. Um, I'm kind of a guy who I love to just be in the moment and capitalize on the right now. I know uh, these five years have went past. I officially got six months left in the college career. Um, after the season, I'm getting my degree. So it's just like I don't want to be one of those guys. I see a lot of people get to this where the preseason hype phase where they're supposed to go on to do this, they're watched or they're preseason this, or they're on this watch this, or they're this person or they're that person, and they never see it through because they get blinded by the idea of I made it or I'm almost there. They start seeing the light. So I just, my biggest thing, man, I don't want to take anything for granted, not a lift, not a stretch. I just want to live in the moment and capitalize and hopefully preparation meets opportunity for me again. And what's meant for me is it will come. But that'll be an amazing moment. I don't try and think too much or put too much thought into it. I just try to get better daily. But, oh, man, that would be an indescribable
0: feeling. I can't say that. If this is the final question, man, if an NFL franchise asks you what they're going to get if they select you in the NFL draft or give you a undrafted fragile opportunity, whatever it may be, what do you tell them? Oh, first and
1: foremost, you're going to get the best DB in the NFL draft, Power Five, SEC, anywhere. Um, There's no DB that's more versatile that can tackle, run the alleys, play press man, play cover three. Any there's there's not a position I can't play in the secondary. I'm one of the greatest teammates my teammates will tell you that like guys naturally attending me because I'm always uplifting. I'm always coaching. And that's the biggest thing for me. I feel like that's going to be my sales point whenever scouts do come through or whenever it's my turn. I feel like between my coaches and teammates, well, my, co- my teammates love having me out there because it's like having the coach on the field. I'm I'm up there with the coaches, beating the coaches to the office or I'm up there when our head coach is just getting his cup of coffee and we're watching film. So you can't go wrong with getting me. No one's going to outwork me either. I feel like if if I had a different logo on my helmet, I'd be going top 10. So that's just kind of how I think. Yes, it may sound cocky, may sound arrogant to some. I promise I'm a genuine person and it's not coming from that type of place. It's just I know the work behind closed doors that I put in and I'm not a post guy. I'm not a social media guy. I'm, I'm working with the purpose. I'm not working to be seen.
0: Man, I, I think I can echo that, man. As I've gotten to kind of know you over this past year, man, as we've talked, I definitely see it. I know, I, I know there's big things coming, man. But I just appreciate you finally hopping on the show. Me and you have talked about this for all, pretty much a year now, man. So I definitely right. appreciate you giving me some of your time, man. Let people know where they can find you on social media to follow your journey, though, man. Any messages, anything you want to say to the people, man? This time is yours. Okay. Uh,
1: social media. Um, my Instagram is I am underscore the number three and then spell out the word two. I am through two. Uh my Twitter is D governor uh, 12 underscore as far as a message any any anybody I want you to know if I can do it you can do it whatever you put your mind to where there's a will there's a way as my mom used to say if you really want it you're gonna do it you're gonna make it happen um, somebody took the same situation you were in embodied it they made a massacre of it and dominated it Never let anyone influence you or speak down on you. You have to know yourself. Real confidence comes from within. Um, Thank you for all of my supporters, my parents, my family, my teammates, my coaches. This year is going to go up. Um, Ever loyal and go Panthers.
0: Man, I definitely appreciate it. Guys, make sure to go follow Wu on all social media, man. Preseason FCS All-American, first-team All-Conference selection last season will be preseason first-team again, going to look to lead Northern Iowa back to the FCS playoffs in this fi- final season up there at Northern Iowa. But guys, for Wu Governor, for myself, and for the Blue Buzz man, we are out for right now.